the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Millburgers Gardening South Texas is sponsored by Millburgers Landscaping and Nursery on 9:30 a.m. The Answer. Ready? It's time for Millburgers Gardening South Texas. Two hours of gardening facts and fun with Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch. To be a part of the show, call 308-8867. That's 308-8867. Or toll free at 866-308-8867. And now, live from Millburgers Landscape and Nursery at 1604 and Bulverde Road, here's your host, Milton Blake. All right, and welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. Sorry about that. Had a little technical difficulties there. But uh, we are back, and there we go. Okay, I got it. I don't know what was happening. All right. Well, it was. Oh, let, me t- let me turn you up so we can hear you. So, oh, not a Hollywood, a uh, Halloween beginning, a scary. Uh, I was scared anyway. <laughs> Do I say broccoli out there? You, you should. Nice broccoli. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it should be broccoli, cabbage, cauliflower, collards, and your favorite. Kale. Kale. I think we're gone again. No, no, no. no, You're okay. All right. That was Calvin. I had to turn. I'll fix Calvin's mic. Y'all talk about the kale. Okay. Anyway, uh, and those are good-sized broccoli. Yep. And I imagine they're the right variety. They are. And uh, let's see now. So exciting news. I got to place my onion order yesterday. Oh, no. It's going to probably be the second or third week of November. Okay. Depending on rain. That's that's still earlier than we used to recommend, but uh, that's <laughs> there's there's uh, some new ladies in charge are making recommendations at Dixondale Farm, and uh, they significantly moved the date up, but uh, on when we should plant onions. So uh, historically, didn't plant them before December. Well, historically, you couldn't get them before. That December. was early, yeah. But uh, they've talked uh, the owners into uh, into having them a little bit earlier. And, and people, I, I don't know whether it's the new varieties or different varieties, but uh, even since it's been moved up to an earlier date, I don't think we've... Uh, had much bolting or well, flowering of the onions that were planted early. Uh, now, I don't know what happened last year. Did you? Did they freeze? I don't know if they froze or not. I don't have that answer. <laughs> I'm sure somebody out there does, though. Probably yeah. Call in and give us how, how yeah. onion reports. Yeah, onion reports. <laughs> <last year. laughs> see if see if they froze. Uh, but I, even if they did and they froze to the ground. They probably bolted last year, but I imagine—I hate to say it killed them. But, well, I mean, uh, some percentage of the onion was above ground, so it's not yeah. as protected. Right. So I wonder if people went through mulch over the top and then pulled them back after the freeze. I don't know. I don't know if people take care of their onions that much. 
However, there are people out there. <laughs> and didn't, didn't we find out there was an onion society, or was that something different? No, that'd be cool. Well, the, mm-hmm. there's a rutabaga club. Oh, geez. There's a <laughs> one member. Yeah, two members now, two members. Rutabaga, Ron, and Calvin. Okay. I think there's, I'm pretty sure there's a national onion society. Oh, I, I don't nice. know if they call it society, but uh, cause they, the reason I know that is because they all got together uh, with uh, Dr. Leonard Pike, who's passed away by now, and uh, the uh, to uh, make sure that they uh, produced onion seed. Of the 1015Y when it first came out, because and they they have to produce the onion seed way up north, maybe Idaho. I, or, I think that's a good conversational point. We need to try to get somebody from one of those onion cultivator <laughs> people to talk in November when we get our onions in. Okay, is that well, is that Dixondale? I think? Yeah, I okay. bet. I bet uh, They'll know somebody. Oh yeah, yeah I do. Okay. And, uh, yeah, he'd be glad to do. He, he goes all around the country to these trade shows oh, okay. and everything. He's, so, he's the largest onion transplant producer and, and, uh, producer and uh, seller in all of the United States. They sell to uh, Hawaii and... Uh, oh, wow, okay. They sell to the... What is that? West Coast, I guess. Uh, all from plants grown right here in Carrizo Springs, Texas. How about Transylvania? Since we're no. Halloween, they sell yeah. to I Transylvanians. Don't, I don't know if they send any to Europe or not. I know they they promise that they'll almost deliver overnight, definitely within two days to California. And the way Bruce Bruce Frazier, he's a president and uh bruce is a master uh onionator <laughs> onionator yeah okay, basically a statistician oh okay and uh he realized that every time they sent a truck to california with onions loaded you know they were losing a lot of freight costs or incurring a lot of uh, freight costs so he opened a, uh, a a depot in Chicago. Huh. So now, when they harvest, they're going to send something to California and the West Coast. Uh, they'll send a truck to to uh, Chicago, and then they'll send that on to places in uh, California and West. That's pretty cool. Saved a lot of money. Kept his onions cheaper. And they grow a good quality onion. But uh, it, it used not to be that way, and definitely not that many varieties. Because uh, used to they had red onions and purple onions and white onions. I, I remember selling bulblets like 30 years yeah, ago. That should never have been done. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> it's not your fault, Trace. Uh, <laughs> you do what I'm told. told to do, yeah. <laughs> But uh, and the reason it shouldn't have been done is because those bublets were from long day onions, and we need uh, uh, intermediate we, day. Did we know any better back then? Well, and I thought we needed short day. <laughs> the onion people knew better, and the uh, specialists knew better. 
but they didn't know how to fix the problem. Uh, because at that time, there were probably four or five onion transplant producers in, uh, in South Texas. And, uh, but now, there's only one, and that's Dixondale Farm. We have a, a trick-or-treater coming up here. Uh-oh. Oh, look at the little guy. <laughs> I tried to talk that other guy, the little fellow out with a small pumpkin. That's our, that's oh, our trick-or-treater. Okay. Hey, hey there, David. Hey, you're going to have to put that pumpkin back. What? <laughs> that one. In pumpkin. your shirt. What pumpkin? Uh, <laughs> mini pumpkins? Yeah. That makes some pumpkin pie. Good, good afternoon, gentlemen. Good How are we doing today? Very good. How you doing, man? Very good. We just uh, we're here at the beautiful Millburgers Landscape Nursery, <laughs> and we just finished our um, a seminar series. I'll be out here quite a few Saturdays this month. Yeah, so we, we did, noticed that. We yeah. did uh, next week too. And lawn management basics. So we had a real good time about step by step growing a lawn, not a weed patch, mowing, watering, <laughs> fertility, nutrition. Uh, the Is seeds. it too late to plant a lawn? No, it's oh. an excellent time to plant a lawn. Millburgers uh, Landscape Nursery is one of the premier lawn distributors in and around the central south Texas area. That's for sure. So, they uh, got one even named after their grandpa. FJ, right? FJ Select, right? Yeah. And uh, so uh, we covered a lot of good material. and uh, Good. Get, what were you get, talking about today? Uh, lawn management. Oh, lawn yeah, management. You know, get your and winterizer good. out here pretty quick. And Yeah. You, know. you talked about uh, winter vegetables. What is no, we did that two weeks ago. Okay. Part two was two weeks ago. Yeah. And then next with, week with, is fall is for planting. Yeah. Yeah. So whatever, this is prime time for planting. Yeah. And Trace does such a great job with inventory. Yeah, I he does. The and from shade trees with the CPS Energy <laughs> Tree Rebate Program to fruit trees. And, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, did know, you, did you take advantage of these six weeks that we have. Deep yeah. moisture. I just had a lady walk up, or a couple walk up, and wanted to plant roses. Roses? Wanted, they had heard about rose rosette, which uh, we've only found two two cases of it in San Antonio. Yeah, it's out there. It's Is out it? There. Okay. It's out there. I think well, I was with you when we saw one of the cases. Oh, there. did you go out yeah, there? Yeah, a few years I, back. I could, oh, yeah. But uh, she said, can we plant roses now? I said, oh, yeah. Yeah, and I guess they've sold out of uh, Belinda's dream, but uh, you know Trace had a. Well, that little mite is a, a kind of a vector oh, of that yeah. virus. So if we go back to just good maintenance and routine and occasional spraying um, for uh, thrips from the rosebuds and insecticide control, I think rose was that shouldn't be an issue. Because remember, everybody stopped spraying with these roses. Oh, yeah. So, and then the monoculture of overplanting these uh, roses probably became more of an issue. But occasional maintenance and spraying, I think you wouldn't have that issue. Like occasional uh, every seven or to thing, ten days. Yeah, like we used to thing, recommend years back. There you back go. Hey, David, yeah. if you a fall gardening diet for her, she was actually For vegetables? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we did lawn management today. We, we did vegetables too, but they have one inside. Millburgers has one. That's right. They, they they use ours, but they put their name on. Oh, but we're on the radio. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> Live radio. He, he, he's yelling in the mic. To, uh, <laughs> hey! Yeah. <laughs> lady walking away. 
<laughs> so, uh, but, but anyway, Calvin, I went up to the butterfly garden over here uh, before I uh, uh, walk in the nursery before my talk, and this the butterfly is amazing. The garden is beautiful. Yeah, yeah. The guy, the uh, Davis talking about the certified butterfly garden here. The staff really does a good job. Uh, of course, it helps that there's about six acres of uh, blooms in there, <laughs> everywhere here, yeah. too. And yeah. all of the, you know, like the, uh, the milkweeds and the mist flowers all, and our oh, lantanas, <laughs> everything is uh, kind of the all-star yeah, nectar plants. Yeah, I like good Texas superstar plants. And then I told Trace that... Uh, what, October 1st was the kickoff of the CPS Energy Green Tree Rebate Program? Mm-hmm. And without a doubt, besides the butterfly plants with the, with the SALS program, CPS Energy with the Green Tree Rebate Program, the Millburgers does an awesome, awesome job on that. And they added citrus trees to that, if you can believe it. What? If you go if you go to their website. Really? Yeah, go to their website. They yeah. added a Myers Lemon. Orange and grapefruit. Well, that's that's so, good. We needed that, David, because yeah. we hardly can sell those uh, uh, citrus. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, th- this is the place for citrus, buddy. I yeah. Know. I mean, it stays yeah. about three weeks, and yeah, then it's, it's all amazing. So I was amazed when I was reading the the list this morning just to check it out, and they added the citrus. But they, so that's good. Yeah. Let's remind everybody that David was talking about certified butterfly garden, which is a... You can get it on paper, but if you want to see uh, what you can plant and how good it looks all together, these plants, this garden is here. And plus, as he mentioned, the it shows you what butterfly the butterflies are there flying and taking advantage of it. So, like, I was doing a turf glass talk right now. I said, well, you know, Millbridge has probably the best turf grass. Just be careful with the traffic on the access road <laughs> to go check out the turf grass. But I said, when you go over there, for sure, look at the butterfly garden display because, you know, you'll probably, like you said, all the plants that they have. Now, here. I'm a little disappointed because they pulled the uh, most of the zinnias early. Oh, yeah. Thank God. <laughs> David. Oh, front page of color. Is, is, is there something you can do about this? I mean, this is just getting out of control. Well, you know, we... I wanted Milton to do something about it, but we, I couldn't do we, it. He can't rain Calvin in. We, we recommend zinnias. fall marigolds. We recommend fall zinnias, too. Uh, <laughs> so, they're good. No, I'm telling yeah. people not to what, what, are, yeah. what are marigolds? <laughs> the merry months of fall marigolds? Yeah, yeah. As long as, long as we don't have a color picture of a rutabaga is now, all good. <laughs> now, if you uh, if you plant marigolds next yeah. to zinnias oh, and count the butterflies beautiful. on each one, you'll plant a lot more zinnias. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought you were going to say marigolds. And then right when they finish up, it's time for cyclamens, well, right? Yeah, there you uh, go. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, well, that, that uh, article brings all that up. Right now is tough, some tough yeah, decisions. That, that four-week window, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, do you see who uh, who contributed that picture? Was it you? No. Was it what, Judy? Niels Perry. Oh, really? Uh-huh. <laughs> so um, the, the little trains. <laughs> well, Neil is here. getting there. Yeah, yeah. we got the little the terror train. for so, uh, uh, The little trains driving by, and I told Trace, uh, 
uh, you know, you, they won't oh, let us ride. Yeah, so no, I'm I want to ride on the train, dude. <laughs> he won't let me ride on the train. They, but they, they, I know no. safety and overweight people like me. Yeah, you know, I, th- I think yeah. they need to get a, a heavy duty. Yeah, but it's for the kids. Tires. Look, he's gonna get upset. Compar- it's for the kids. I know. It's for the kids. Well, I was going to do a this height or under, oh, that's right. which you might have qualified. Look at for. that. Age, height, uh, weight. Uh, this is where they went. No, well, I, I kind of like this group. I think I'm one of the tallest. <laughs> yeah, that's good. They do so everything awesome. And the pumpkin patch, Milton. Yeah. Really. Beautiful, beautiful, and, are, and a lot, are lot of little ones too. Yeah, beautiful. they're getting the little pumpkins too. Yeah. Well, you know what has happened though, David? We all, all the little kids have got the little pumpkins. Yeah. Uh-huh. So the the first thing they they the parents bring the kids and the kids are smiling and talking, and we're interviewing them. The next thing the parent comes back and said. Did did my son leave his phone here? No. <laughs> did you, did I leave it here? Where? <laughs> so uh, it's a mixed blessing. But they, they do such a wonderful job. Yeah. It's, it's cool to see the seasonality happening all the time. I don't know if you walked through that area. Right the other side of that pecan tree. Uh-huh. Did you see those pavonias over there? Yeah, blooming? I, the I've rock never rose. seen that many blooms. Well, with blooms. that big bloom, right? Yeah. It's kind of big, right? The bloom. Yeah, that's what I was noticing too. Yeah. And that many blooms. Rock rose pavonia. That was a superstar last year. So it's yeah. a little malvasia hibiscus. So it's an awesome, reliable. Perennial plants. Look so. at him use those big words. No. Yeah. yeah. And hey. we, we, but we knew him before he used We're, big words. Well, <laughs> ever we, since he went to A and M, there were any moments. We got to take a break. We'll see y'all next week. <laughs> see you next Fall week. Fall is for planning. We start at. Uh, you can call the nursery to make your to reservations. RSV, ten to eleven thirty next so week. So did okay. you say, David? They, there's a fall gardening guide inside. Yeah, Memo Burgers has it. Yeah. Oh, That's cool. Inside. Yeah, for veggies. There you go. Thank you guys. Right, Have a great thanks, day, David. Thank right. you. See you next. All week. right, we're gonna take a break and come back in a moment. 210-308-8867 210-308-8867 More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up live from Millburgers Landscaping and Nursery 1604 on Boulevard Road on 930 AM The Answer Welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM. The answer, Milton Glick, along with Dr. Jerry Parsons, Dr. Calvin Finch, and David Rodriguez will be back with us next week. You can find out. Oh, you mean we have to talk to him again? We do. <laughs> but you can. Four or five I didn't talk you. to him that long, though, did I? I no. was busy. But uh, you can call and make reservations for that next Saturday presentation. It's free here at Millburgers, 210 Four seven nine three seven six zero. But right now we're going to visit with Kyle over there at Wild Birds Unlimited uh, at Northwest Military and Hebner Road because uh, we want to find out how the uh, project's going. Plus, Calvin says Kyle that the migratory birds are going crazy. Hey, gentlemen. Yes, indeed, Hi. they are. Hey, are y'all you getting, doing okay? Yeah, you doing all right? Good, good. Yes, sir. Staying busy. Are you getting complaints about people's uh, migratory birds going crazy in their yard? Tanagers and Orioles <laughs> uh, and I I'll tell you what, I just had painted. But yeah, I, I had a gentleman come in probably an hour ago with a picture of uh, of Orioles on his phone, wondering what kind of parrot got loose in his neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah they're, this... they're, that, they're bright birds, you know, and once you, you when you see an Oriole, you know that you're seeing something that we that we typically don't see. There. So, um, yeah, it's great to see them this time of year. Yeah. You know what? Uh, so, what do people do to attract Orioles? Well, mine—they—they'll come to uh, fruit. Of course, is the usual yep. thing, and Kyle's got about seventeen different options on that. But what I'm seeing them water. Oh, until it rain see. started. Yeah, you just—you get a—you get that bird bath or a recirculating pump like they've got over at uh, Well Birds. Uh, Solar powered or water pressure, however it works, they'll be they'll be in there. It's just amazing to see uh, those birds and how important that water source is to them. Yeah, sorry, you know, you're, you're you're spot on about that, Doctor Finch. When, when when folks come running in, they 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 see an oriole in their yard. They come running in to to find out what they can do to attract them. The tricky thing is you, they're on their way through. Whether it's in the early spring or the or the fall, like right now, uh, they're on their way through. And uh, most of my customers who come in and have seen them have seen them on a water source. So yeah, it's exactly right. Mm. You can put you can put feeders out there, a fruit feeder, or um, interestingly enough, they like grape jelly. You could put a jelly feeder out um, to attract them. But the water is probably the biggest draw to get them to your yard. And if you have some kind of moving water, like Dr. Finch said, that's always a bonus. Jerry and I, a couple of years ago, we were both doing the water, and we we counted, uh, I think it basically was 10 more species, Jerry, wasn't it, when we had water than when we just had feed? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. It, was, it really makes a difference. Yeah, and especially during migration, because a lot of birds are coming through that typically aren't going to, uh, come to a seed feeder. A lot of them are insectivores. A lot of them are are nectar fruit eaters, and uh, but they all come to water. So it's a, it's a great pull for different migrants that might not come to a seed feeder. Are these the colorful goldfinches? Well, the lesser goldfinches are yeah in my yard are everywhere because of all those sunflowers. But they're colorful. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. And then the, yeah, the lesser the tanner, goldfinches. Tan, yep. Tanningers and. Now, I, I identified a western tanager, which was a little earlier in the migration. I haven't seen one since, but the uh, summer tanagers are what I see a lot of, and bullocks or orioles, um, and I, I, I would think we would be seeing Baltimore or, orioles, too. Anybody yep. reporting buntings, Kyle? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got yeah. Uh, and I've got I've got bun- we have buntings for a good part of the year. Um, I I do have quite a few customers who have uh, you know acreage out you know, outside of town. Buntings like they like open country a little bit more than being in the city. Although I will tell you that the first bunting I ever saw in my life was when I was a child in um, very close to downtown Houston. That's the very first bunting I ever saw. So. Yeah. They, they they do prefer open spaces, but um, but uh, yeah, they'll come to specifically millet is one of their favorite foods to eat. Uh, what is so it? Millet. millet, millet, yeah, millet. And just uh, I always, I see them generally on weed on um, weeds that have um, yeah. matured the seed. Yeah, oh, pig yeah, weed they like the little the, the little grass weed grass seeds. Yes, you're right. 
talking to Kyle over there at Wild Birds Unlimited at Northwest Military and Hebner Road. And uh, you can tell uh, in, in hearing him talk, uh, you know, we talk about how, how much knowledge they have and how much information, how helpful they can be to uh, to help you bring nature to your yard. And uh, you can just tell by the answers and, uh, that, and stuff that he's talking about that they're on top of this. Uh, did you, I, I was uh, kind of watching around the nursery, did you talk about your complaint about the... Uh, the rufous hummingbirds yet, Calvin? That you haven't seen any? Yeah, I haven't seen any, and I and, and I haven't heard any reported even. Have you, have um, you, you been know, hearing? I, I I haven't. It's interesting. I had uh, I've I've seen ruby throats at my feeder along with the typical black chins, but I haven't seen any, and I haven't heard a whole lot of. You know, they were here uh, all winter last winter. It's amazing. We had some rufus that stayed at the botanical gardens for uh, the majority of the winter. But Even I, after it, the, the February freezes, yeah, they were. Yeah, yeah, they, they were there. They them a bit. They were there. We saw, they're, they're, we they're saw a lot of rufus uh, hummingbirds frozen to the... Uh, <laughs> yeah. the, the Sorry the I brought that ground. up. Yeah. yeah, you did, huh? <laughs> yeah, terrible well, they're, they're little birds, but they're but they're pretty stout. You know, they have to be. Yeah, the they're tough. Yeah, they'll Maybe probably have Jerry marked now on their <laughs> vengeance. Well, one thing on that the didn't free, one thing that didn't freeze and hasn't left is sparrows. <laughs> the brown sparrow. Sparrow yeah, talk. They're here all year. I don't understand why people oh, I'm, don't I, appreciate them. I think since you've been talking about them so much, their oh, appreciation has gone up so much that now yeah. people are tired of hearing yeah. them. Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, uh, Kyle, one of the things you wanted to talk about, too, is I guess about a month and a half ago, maybe, maybe even two months, we talked about the downtown project and the lighting and stuff like that. Uh, is there yeah. any information that's come out yet on that? Yeah, you know, um, uh, Bear Audubon is, uh, well, they, they were successful in getting San Antonio uh, designated as uh, Bird City, Texas, which is a, mm. uh, a certification that's done through National Audubon in, te- in partnership with uh, Texas Parks and Wildlife. So this is a, a certification program that Texas Parks and Wildlife rolled out to two years ago. And certified a couple of cities. Uh, I believe uh, Dallas was one of the first cities, and uh, Bastrop was one of the first cities. And then last year, Bear Audubon was real successful in getting San Antonio certified as a bird city, Texas. And what that means is that we're, you know, we're making efforts against loss of habitat and other things that, that impact negatively impact the bird population. And so in conjunction with that Bird City Texas certification, they've been working on a couple of, of projects, one of which is a bird strike survey. So during migration, interestingly enough, birds typically migrate at night. Uh, and so during the nighttime when the birds are migrating, there is a substantial impact uh, on the bird populations when they actually hit buildings. Uh, during the night. And the reason they do that is because they see things differently than we see things. And so when they see light, when they perceive light, it uh, impacts their vision and makes them want to fly toward that. And so they hit buildings, and it's not just tall, you know, high-rises. It's 
its lower and medium height buildings as well. And so hmm. what Bear Audubon is doing is working to do uh, surveys during spring migration and now during fall migration of uh, matrices of downtown. They, they designate blocks of downtown San Antonio and do surveys early in the morning before there's a lot of foot and vehicular traffic. They actually were walk. we able to get uh, the volunteers that we were trying to recruit? Yeah, yeah. So they, yeah, they've been successful in getting volunteers to help with that. They're, they are looking for more volunteers during the October downtown surveys. Um, so folks can uh, visit bearaudubon.org and find out how to participate in that. It's an interesting, it's an interesting project. Fortunately, um, downtown San Antonio results haven't been as bad as we've seen elsewhere in other uh, Texas, large Texas cities and, and elsewhere across the country. So, um, there, you know, our downtown is not as as large in very high buildings as, say, downtown Houston. Um, but it's growing, and so we need to be aware of the impact that this has on on migrating bird populations as we as we continue to grow as a city. Do they have any uh, counts on the specific bird types of species that are affected by that? You know, I, I have not seen that detail. Um, the, the number reported to me has been much lower than what they expected based on numbers provided by other cities. But I don't, I don't have it broken down by by species. I do know that about 50% of the bird strikes that they have found were on what they call low to medium height buildings, not just on the... Huh. the, the uh, well, help help the us ride. remember, Kyle, to uh, get as much access as we can to the data when it comes and we can let our listeners know about it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you can you can uh, check in with bearaudubon.org. They're the ones that are driving this project. They've got all the specific data. And also uh, American Bird Conservancy has a really good website with a bunch of resources. Uh, it's uh, abcbirds.org. American Bird Conservancy can show a lot of different uh, data. And ABC, and, there's and, some relationship between those uh, those letters, aren't there? <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're they're both looking at me like, uh, uh, uh. The, oh well. But yeah. it, it, it's, a good, it's a good project, and it's a good way for uh, people to be involved on a volunteer basis, just to be directly involved with uh, you know citizen science. It's uh, it's interesting stuff. Yeah. I'm wondering why our numbers are lower. It could be the route. Yeah, I was wondering if it was that or if it we could be. Do you, do you have a theory? Well, it also could be that our, you know, our downtown isn't as as giant as downtown Houston or downtown Dallas. We have some very tall buildings, but the majority of our buildings are are uh, older and not specifically ref- much reflect. They're not that tall. The, you know, the newer frost tower well, is more of that reflective is. glass. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, it's good news for us. But yeah, we, it sure sounds we like need it. Need to monitor it. Yeah, yeah. I've gotten a peek at some of the data, Milton. Have you now? They haven't had one sparrow killed. Oh, <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, I mean, this sparrow who, who is foolproof. It's apparently, apparently. <laughs> well, I don't know about bulletproof. You've told stories in the past. Well, Kyle, cool. Anything else going over there at Wild Birds Unlimited, or tell folks uh, kind of how to get there and, uh, and how to find you. 
Yeah, so we're over here at the uh, intersection of Northwest Military and Hebner Road over here, uh, Castle Hill, Chavano Park area. And you can always call us here if you got questions or need some information. We're at uh, 479 Bird, 479 2473. And uh, always interested to hear from folks uh, about what they're seeing in their backyards and elsewhere yeah. regarding wild bird life. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I mentioned this in the, the the ads that we do, and it really is a very community uh, feel over there with uh, both customers and staff and people have been coming there probably since the get go. So I mean, there. I'm, what would you guess? Do you have like a just for an idea on the customer that's been there the longest and how long they've been there? Oh, we mean well, longer well, than right. Bill. No, well, Bill, Bill actually worked there. He just seemed like a customer. Yeah, you know, the store's been here for 25 years, and we have customers wow. that have been coming here since we opened. So wow, a, I don't it's, doubt it at all. It's, it's a good customer base, and I'll, I'll tell you what, we've, we've got a lot of new customers coming in the door every day because um, a lot of folks are looking out their back door, their back windows, seeing things they haven't seen before, so they're, they're coming in to visit with us. Very yeah. cool. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you, guys. Y'all take care. You too. Thanks. We'll talk Kyle. to you soon. Bye-bye. All right, we're going to take a break. While we do, you give us a call, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up on 930 AM, The Answer. Gardening South Texas on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. 210 308 8867. 210 308 8867. You're giving her a bad look, Mrs. No, no, I didn't know what she was trying to see. She's a Texas master gardener. I didn't know if she was from Wilson County or not. Yeah. (laughs) I've heard you talk. Apparently, they have a grass burr issue. Do they? Really? That's, I've heard you say that, I think. I thought coming. they froze. I thought no. all the grass birds froze. That and the fire ants just froze down to the ground. And bull nettle. Oh, yeah. No, apparently not. <laughs> all right. 210-308-8867. Give us a call. Tell us what's going on. 210-308-8867. What you got there? Uh, wow, Calvin is distracted. Yeah. I'll read one of his This Week in the Gardens. Okay. Apply asaphate. Apply asaphate. All right, all right. To control fire ant miles. Yeah. That are active in the vicinity of your family activities. Use a product with spinosad that is labeled for vegetable garden for fire ant activity in okra and other food crops. But suppose the native fire ants. Are doing oh, that. remember I discussed that? Yeah, that's now? yeah. You'll have to ask him. Well, I think it's better this way. You think it better just this way to not, not to have to ask him? I see. <laughs> okay. Remember the hamburger? Yeah, meat? I do. No, I remember that we had this conversation. That was it's a good question. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't think you heard a thing. What's that? I don't think Calvin heard a thing. No, no, that lady. <laughs> But uh, anyway, and and the idea that Neil Sperry 
furnished this Xenia picture. Did you he and that? Calvin are in cahoots. No, I saw the picture. It's beautiful. And see, it, uh, uh, under the... Uh, yep, Neil Sperry. There you go. Contributor. Yeah. See, Neil love y'all, even though you're being ugly to I'm not sure it's us that's being ugly. Um, <laughs> okay. Picking on Neil every week, you do. <laughs> uh, the, uh, let's see. I forget the petunia that was on sale last week. They got another one. Oh, yeah, the Batunia Madness last week. They have a lot of interesting stuff on sale. When we get Trace back. I know he's running around and because they're doing the uh, the terror train till 2 for kids, uh, uh, I think, 5 through 12. And then um, the uh, they got the, the maze and the pumpkin patch. and uh, Okay. Yeah. It's still madness. Uh, still, yeah, that, that's madness. the variety, right? Yeah. Four-inch pot, which means a good-sized plant, uh, regularly a dollar twenty-nine, on sale for ninety-eight cents. For petunias, wow, yeah. that's great. Yeah. yeah, especially in that four-inch pot. Yeah. And let's see, Calvin said he had something in his article about the uh, about the petunias getting uh, larger. I mean. Larger root systems during the winter, we they don't they don't bloom through the winter, like like pansies and things like that. But where they make up for lost time is next spring after they've had all winter to uh, develop that root system. So uh, that this is a good time to uh, let's see. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he, Calvin talks about uh, they bloom in the fall, then rebloom in March and through the spring. Talking about uh, uh, petunias. Mm-hmm. Oh, then he he also actually mentioned Laura Bush petunias. Oh, did he in the article, which yeah. we don't have yet? <laughs> but it's no, getting closer, and we're never going to have a lot. Okay. So Trace and I are trying to figure out a way. They're in six packs, four and a half inch six pack. Six at a time, Milton. You can't buy one. I know. It's okay. I'm, uh, I like them. But anyway, there are a lot of people ask for them. And we'll, but we've only got uh, six six flats. Two, uh, okay. Twenty. To six, a flat? Six packs. Per, well, yeah. So there's a limited number of them. So I think once they become available... Probably the end of this month, mm. we're going to have to probably have a call in. People are going to have to call in and reserve them. And when they're gone, they're gone. Okay. Except for the seed that they drop. Now, they're, after the first hard bloom, I mean the freeze, they'll quit blooming. But the plant will live. Yeah, that's quite a joke. When they're gone, they're gone. <laughs> when they bloom, they're here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, and the plant, the plants stay nice and green, dark green. But uh, once you plant them and they go to spring and start blooming, everywhere you see a bloom pod or blue, a flower bloom, uh, it will produce a, a little seed pod beneath that flower after the flower is gone, and it has 
million seeds in each one of those pods. Did you uh, refer everybody to the plantanswers.com to read that whole story? Yeah, I see it. It says read about it in plantanswers.com. Yeah, uh, the because the, the story, it's a good horticultural story. But it's also a good uh, gardening story. Oh and yeah! Show you know Greg Grant and Jerry and uh, the group group of folks that have worked yeah. on this. The way you put it, Greg Grant and his team. Now his team is me and my volunteers. Ah, because Greg did the crossing. I mean, he made the cross. I planted the seed and uh, made the selection. And then me and my team put them out at uh, Versta Farms in July. Mm. And that's called, that then about uh, three-fourths of them, wow. that hot weather, Yeah, even though they were irrigated. Three-fourths of the volunteers of the flowers. <laughs> were close to either yeah. one. And <laughs> the one I remember fussing the most about it was D. Emery. Oh. Oh, she cussed me. I mean, <laughs> or kind of cussed me. Uh-huh. But, uh, oh, but she's always cussed you. Oh, uh, yeah, well, that's true. Well, not hey, just you. Uh, <laughs> everybody. Hang on to that thought. Yeah. You know. Okay. No, we don't want to leave Angelina it. on the line. Dee, Dee was, okay. oh, was yeah. great, a great volunteer and gracious yeah. and knowledgeable. Angelina, welcome to Millburgers Gardening South Texas. Thanks for calling us at 210-308-8867. What's going on? I just um, got a new piece of property, and it has uh, seven crepe myrtles, and they all have a fungus. Uh, I'll have what? A fungus. Uh, on the leaves? I, on the whole tree. It's, it's black, and um, oh, okay. it's, the, it, the trees uh, don't have any new growth. Uh, one that I have in the front... I can see new branches uh, trying to come with fresh growth, so I think there's still life in it, but it's next to a tree that does not have the fungus, and the other one is twice the size, and I'm sure they were planted at the same time. Um, Okay. They have, like, crust on the bark, and the bark is dark and... It's just awful. They're ugly. It's falling off, right? Isn't the bark falling off? Yes. It's not exfoliating or falling what, off? What does exfoliate mean? means it's, uh, it's sort of peeling. peels off. Yeah. yeah. That's one of the... Oh, yes. That's, of, that's, a, lot of the, a lot of the varieties all do that, have the peel off. It's yes. one of the advantages. Yes. Especially I, if it's a big... I'm familiar with that because I have three crepe myrtles in my present that we planted, my husband and I. And, and yes, they do that. But this one uh, looks different. Um, it, it's just okay. ugly. We know what it is. We know Good. what it is, don't we, Cal? Mm-hmm. Have you Have you stood under that tree any time and felt the uh, cool rain drops or the drops coming off of that tree? No, no, I haven't. I just uh, bought the property, and I haven't been around it very much. Um, yeah. It's not very tall, and the one, uh, the one in the front has a little bit of an umbrella. The others are just growing straight and not very tall. They're, okay. they're, not, they're not pretty. 
Oh, okay. Uh, I think we can fix that after a year or two. Good. But uh, Good. <laughs> that's, that is uh, secretions. I like to call it drops from heaven. It's, no. a, it's aphid poop with, <laughs> oh, with fungus growing you in it. You went there? <laughs> I wouldn't have said poop. No. It's, it's, it's not secretion from heaven. It's more like the second one. But it's sticky, isn't it? It's, it's um, uh, the, the, yeah, it's a, the, um, it's a fungus growing in that. I was just teasing, but it is. Yeah. Originally, it's from the aphids that honeydew, they call it. Because it's a sweet, uh, sticky material. Yeah, if you lick the bark, yeah. sometimes uh, you, it'll be a sweet taste. Don't lick the bark. <laughs> Come <laughs> no, on, I'm Beth. Not do that. You won't I'm let me have any fun with anybody. <laughs> okay, you got to yeah. ne- next year. You got to get rid of the aphids uh, um, before they before they occur. They uh, the. I tell you what, it, do you you get on the internet very much? Not much. Um, oh, okay. I'm not very good at it, but I can certainly work on it. <laughs> well, uh, they've got a, a program that uh, they worked out where they put a, a systemic meaning get into the plant itself uh, insecticide around the root system. So it will uh-huh. be uptaken into the tree and manage the aphids uh, in oh. the spring. You do it in the spring, early spring. Okay. And uh, I, I was telling you to look for uh, aphids on crepe myrtles. Do a search for that, and you'll probably find the name of that chemical, that product. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Okay. That's that's more effective than spraying, okay? Because it's okay. uptaken into the tree. But uh, if you if you see it beginning to occur, just light doses of the uh, to occur. Also spray. Uh, uh, you can also spray the foliage too to try to get rid of those aphids. However, they're very difficult to kill. Uh-huh. But uh, and then I would uh, I would probably spray that uh, crepe myrtle with a uh, uh, dormant oil spray, or uh, solid summer oil, uh, after it defoliates. So and this this late fall or this winter? Yeah. And then uh-huh. I want you to fertilize the dickens out of it with a 1959 slow release fertilizer. Uh, next uh, next spring in uh, March or April. Okay. All, all around the tree and use a 1959 slow release fertilizer. Okay. And p- spread it all around the base. Well, not on the base, but uh, under the drip line of the tree. And put okay. a gener- put a generous amount on there since uh, <laughs> you know since you hadn't it hadn't been taken care of for several weeks. That should stimulate new growth next next spring. So you so you got several operations you're you're going to kill kill the aphids with a systemic um, insecticide, and so that that 
feel base material doesn't show up again, so that fungus won't grow there. Yeah. And the fungus will stay on there. That black will stay on there until it wears off. Till it's, yeah. Until this winter. Yeah. All righty. Oh. Okay, let me ask you. Um, Real quick, we've got a couple minutes for the break. Okay, okay. I'm not able physically. I'm an old woman. I cannot do any of that that you mentioned. Do you know of a company, somebody that does that kind of treatment? Well, I wonder if Spider-Man would come and... No. Look, no, they do lawn service. Yeah. So they might. Do uh, look look in your neighborhood. Do you are you live in a a uh, what am I thinking? A division subdivision. It, it's a small a, community. It's a small community in the medical center, and it it has a lot of trees all over that community, and they're all infected. They're all what? look bad. What what neighborhood there in Medical Center? It's uh, um, I don't remember the name of it, but it's off of um, um, Hamilton Road and Babcock. Uh, let's do this. Y'all think of somebody, but I'm going to give you. We're going to probably give you a couple choices. One is going to be because I know Spider-Man talks about doing trees and stuff. So uh, if not, he'll steer you in the right direction. Great. And it's Spider-Man Great. Pest Control. Um, okay. And um, you want the number real quick? Yes, uh, yes, please. 210-656-3721. And who else, guys? Uh, Master Gardeners. Oh, okay. Ma- okay. And, and you've got Master Gardeners in that neighborhood who will... Uh, might help you f- find somebody oh, to do okay. that. Okay. Do you do you have a number for Master Gardner? No, no. You, you call their call the uh, extension office, uh, Texas A and M AgriLife Extension, and okay. ask for the Master Gardener on duty, and then tell them you tell them that we referred you to uh, get some help from s- some some guidance from Master Gardener in that neighborhood. All right, we got to run, you Angelina. So you, you bet. Thank you so much, Mike. Really sure, you bet. All right, we're going to take a quick break, get you caught up with the news. I'm Milton Glick, along with Dr. Calvin Finch and Dr. Jerry Parsons. We'll be back with more of Millburgers Gardening South Texas. Call us in the meantime, 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. We're coming up on 930 a.m. This is The Answer. Millburgers Gardening South Texas is sponsored by Millburgers Landscaping and Nursery on 9:30 a.m. The Answer. We're back with Millburgers Gardening South Texas. Once again, Dr. Jerry Parsons, Dr. Calvin Finch, Milton Glick, and your calls on 9:30 a.m. The Answer. There it is again. Okay, we're going to get a new new piece of equipment for tomorrow. Or 210-308-8867. Or uh, come on by and visit with us at 1604 and Boulevardy Road and uh, ask your gardening questions in person. And lots of folks out here having a nice time. Uh, David got through talking. David talked to us about the... uh, uh, next week's Fall is for Gardening, uh, and we mentioned that they could call and uh, 
make their reservations for that by calling 497-3760, I believe. That's correct. 210. 210. 497-3760. Yeah. So you can get in line for that. What else is going on, Trace? Uh, you got some neat stuff in the ad this week. Yes. Yeah. Uh, some things that we hadn't had before and like new varieties of things. So uh, there's a Solosi in there that's pretty cool. Yeah. I saw them on that far table when yes, I walked sir. in. And they're mm-hmm. K- K-E-L-O-S Solosa. And... Uh, we, I usually think of Solosa with the big head or the big brain the head. One, yeah, the one looks like brain. It, that one's cool, but very few growing operations grow that one anymore. Yeah. But, but this, it, is, this is the best one for fall. Yeah. Because it puts and on those big, colorful, uh, fall, fallish colored spikes. Yeah. And uh, they... Uh, they do, We don't have to worry about them uh, making that big brain. And they'll... <laughs> We usually don't like to promote them when they're in full bloom, but these are in full bloom well, and know, showing up. You notice that they're, they're young and blooming. Yeah, right. So uh, I think the cultivation was to purposely get one that would bloom Where are they, Trace? There's a whole table full of them out. Yeah, uh, different colors well, on can, different tables. Yeah, you can see the little spikes out there by those six-inch mums. <laughs> Just over the mums. And are they the same color as the picture? Yellow and orange. All right. Yeah, I, that orange is mighty close. It's pretty close. Uh. <laughs> it ain't burnt. It, it ain't quite burnt, but it's 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 on. It, it would it would it's a good substitute. It's a UTSA orange. Oh, oh, uh, nice. Oh, yeah. Okay. Or okay. UT. And the and original Tennessee. UT. Ah. And for anybody that's interested in pretty flowers, there's uh, snapdragons, <laughs> lo- lots what, what of different snapdragons, different colors. I don't know. He's, he's, he's kind of a, a plant well, elitist. There's, remember we were bragging on that, uh, oh, that purplish, uh, oh, help help me, what was the ones that were in the front row? Uh, Dianthus? Dianthus, yeah, that's almost that, that same go. color as that snapdragon over there. It's really a knockout color. It's a, a, a purple with a heavy on the pink and a, a red in it. Yeah, so. and what would go well with that, Salosa, is the Croton. <laughs> and I've been seeing a few people walking out. With yeah, with the, the Crotons. Yep. They're over there, right against the. Uh, they okay. are. And they're on the left side of your radio. Yeah, they're colorful. Uh, people don't usually talk about croton crotons uh, around here because they they freeze. Oh, but uh, they're an excellent fall decorating. Oh plant. yeah, all different so, colors. So as long as you don't leave it out for cold, you can put it around your pumpkins. You can put <laughs> it, uh, if you keep it going you know, all the way to Thanksgiving, uh, as long as it doesn't freeze, keep it out. Make your your decorations look more festive. Yeah. And they're on sale. They are six inch pots, regularly sixteen ninety nine. That, yeah, it's killing me. I hear what you're saying. Sixteen ninety nine. But on sale, two for twenty dollars. That's ten dollars. Yeah, a piece. So uh, that's a, a real staving. And uh, th- that would go well with those salons. And pumpkins. Let's say the salons. Yeah. 
my uh, mother-in-law as right the red celosia in Alabama. and Yeah, that's the brain. Yeah, and they just, I don't think she's planted one for no. years. Oh, yeah. And she has them every year. They that's an old time. Them. They seed themselves. Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, when when very Greg, happily when Greg was here, we selected one that we named the San Antonio. Oh, okay. But it was one of those big red ones like that. Oh, okay. And the, and the neat thing about it is most people don't use it. I don't know if these would be a, a be appropriate for that. But they use uh, celosia, the red celosia. They hang it upside upside down in a in some place it'll stay dry, all the seed will fall out. Oh. And the the bloom or the brain <laughs> will stay red and can be used as a dried flower. Oh, that's kind of cool. For some reason, I pictured him hanging the pot upside down, too, uh, <laughs> instead of cutting it. Well, I guess you could do that. But that each, each bloom spike, now I don't know about this one, but it uh, has... Tremendous number of seeds. I'm not talking about thousands. And so that's why they reseed on Yeah. But that's a common plant in uh, Tennessee and Alabama. Yeah. All the southeastern. It used to be really common here. Yeah, it did. Uh, That's why we got the. 30 plus years ago. Yeah, that's why we got the uh, San Antonio Celosia. And uh, so it's. uh, But uh, what they did, they took that one that. the one you used to sell at the Wolf's was a was that brain one, that big brain. We had one. we had them both. Did you? Yeah, we had them both. Okay. So but that was that was when most of our bedding plants were grown in Kansas. Yeah, that's true. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. The number to call. Yes, sir. Well, and we still have the firebush, and the migrating hummingbirds are responding to the firebush. Have we got uh, this fire spike too? I think there's a handful still on the table. I got mine. Still, yeah. it's still green. <laughs> well, you know what we, yeah, we're talking that. about uh, for the listeners: the fire uh, firebush is uh, for full sun. And mine has been in place in a container, about a 14-inch container, for every year for 15 years, and it <laughs> looms up a storm right now. And, yeah, I've, uh, I've noticed them in parking lots and landscaping, and they're they're gorgeous. They're uh, they're and, showstoppers. And the hummingbirds uh, respond to them, especially the migrating hummingbirds. They come in waves, you know, and you might not see them for three, three or four days, and then suddenly there'll be six or seven of them. But uh, we talk about the fire spike, too, because that uh, is uh, one to use in the shade if you just got a shady situation. And Milton had uh, showed us a photo of his blooming, and they've got a a nice show-off bloom. And then there there used to be, I suspect there's still some more around town blooming. I don't know if they all got wiped out in the, the big freeze in the February or there's still some blooming on the river. But, oh, I bet there's the fire spike. The river. But this 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 fire spike, you can uh, drag it in the house, and it'll you don't even have to worry about it. it'll continue blooming in the house, or you can just move it back out once the cold weather uh, leaves. And uh, the hummingbirds will u- use uh, use that if you got rufous hummingbirds all winter, they'll they'll use it all winter. Yeah, you could put it in front of a window. 
And then they could fly into the window. And then, yeah, you could count them on. Yeah, uh, you could count them on the. Kyle's only, only you, Jerry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when Kyle calls in, oh, I've been doing my own experiment. Apparently, hummingbirds. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> the, uh, the speaking of firebush. Yeah. Uh, if you if it smells shade, it won't bloom. Oh, really? And they won't bloom at all in the shade. That's why we're so excited about fire spike. Uh, in fact, this is a very appropriate uh, discussion because uh, it made Neil Sperry's uh, news oh. weekly newsletter. Oh, fire spike did? No, firebush. Oh, firebush. Okay. Do you think it's perennial there? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> And he says, when you see one-gallon firebush plants in your favorite nursery next spring, that's the time to grab some and set them out into your gardens or plant them into a large patio pad. Patio pad. It was 30 years or so ago that my extension buddies, Greg Grant and Dr. Jerry Parsons and Steve George, brought this great plant to gardeners of Texas. Greg had discovered it. No. Uh, Jerry worked with uh, South Texas growers to produce it, and he and Steve worked to trial it and get it all across Texas. The rest is legend. So uh, I was shocked by Fan- that. Panic, I think, as he told me he had it. Wasn't it? There were no. No? <laughs> it, it was uh, the first time I saw it and tried to root it was at Willie Gentry's place in Laredo, Gentry Garden Center. And at that time, and Willie was a master propagator, used to work for Allers Nursery and write a story, write a column for the Express years and years ago. But uh, he said, I could sell all that I could root. Could root. And so me being... Uh, kind of guy that I am, said, give me some cuttings of that. I'll show you how to root it. I took those cuttings home and rooted every stinkle piece of leaf, stem, everything else. And I said... Are you that good or are you that lucky? "Uh, No. That's what I said to myself. I said, that ain't right because Willie Gentry is a master propagator. But the, what we figured out is Willie wouldn't a, ever take any of the cuttings until after it finished blooming in the fall because he wanted to sell, use the plant to sell other plants that he had. And so uh, he was taking the cuttings late in the fall. And a lot of plants uh, lose their rooting ability when the weather cools. And uh, we, tr- we proved that later on. Uh, when uh, when we did the research people, you know, it's not really official Do you do research. Uh, up in Dallas, did a, put it in growth chambers and things like that. And uh, once it uh, reached a certain temperature, it wouldn't root, low temperature. But uh, the, you could offset that a little bit by using heating cables beneath the cuttings. So I turned to my old friend uh, Greg Grant, 
and uh, uh, his write-up, which is on plantanswers.com, with a lot of wonderful pictures of fire spot. I mean firebush. And uh, on plantanswers.com, under this heading of firebush, under the listing of subject matter, and he he says, Dr. Jerry Parsons, notorious... Texas Agriculture Extension Service Horticulture in San Antonio. That's Greg being snubbed. Is created with the introduction of Firebush as a Texas bedding plant. So, and he also, he didn't mention that I named it Firebush. Because originally it was referred to as Scarlet Bush, uh, Hummingbird Bush, which I figured we had enough of those. Uh... (laughs) And uh, in its native locations, firebush is known by numerous common names, and he lists them. List them for Costa Rica, Guatemala, Niagara, uh, not Nicaragua. Nicaragua. There you go. Thank you, Milton. Sure. Uh, Puerto Rico, Honduras, and Panama. So uh, you can see that the. Uh, and it was named a Texas Superstar. It was the second Texas Superstar. Wow. Except uh, summer 1990. What was the first? Huh? What was the first Texas Superstar? Blue Bonnet. Blue Bonnet. Wow. Okay. Don't ever forget that. I will S- Side note, we're supposed to start writing down our ideas for Texas Superstars. Uh, all right. Are you? Okay. So apparently David listens, but he doesn't write down our suggestions. So we need to write them down. For <laughs> now, who is we? Am I included in this? Yeah. yeah. You're, the, you're the only one that can type. So uh, Okay. <laughs> so you'll have to write them down, and I'll type them up. Uh, and he said, he said when he was up here talking to us that uh, Pavonia was on the list last year. Oh, but didn't and, make it? And I'm looking, Where are you? Uh, oh, look at that. I'm, wow. <laughs> I've never seen Pavonia bloom that much. No. It's, with that big a flower. That's a big flower, and it's bushier than I've seen it. We have some at work yeah. uh, that they use, and it's kind of scraggly, and yeah. it, it's uh, got a lot of air between the... Uh, the green, yeah, but not and those. The those bee, are... the bees love it. Okay, and the hummingbirds uh, like it. Do they really? Yeah, oh, yeah. And the uh, butterflies. Butterflies, yeah. And so we're not seeing as many butterflies today. <laughs> I know today is uh, skim- skimpy. You're yeah. right. I haven't seen a hummingbird either here. <laughs> but uh, who, oh, who was it? Was it David telling us about the? Certified butterfly garden when he came by. Yeah. It was loaded, he said, with butterflies. Okay. Well, he gets there early, so <laughs> maybe. But y'all said the butterflies like the uh, the hotter the day, the better? or. Oh, yeah. I think that's fair to say. Okay. Yeah. So I, I would have been disappointed if I had brought my net out here to whisper to these. Somebody. So how do we get Pavlonia to, to Pavonia. be? Pavonia. Pavonia, whatever. The uh, well, to be a Texas superstar. It was nominated and accepted last oh, year. Oh, it was accepted. You just said I just heard it was nominated. I thought maybe it didn't make yeah. it, and we had to come to its rescue. Well, almost everything that uh, the superstar bunch recommends or mention becomes a superstar. Are there any who's left on the, t- on the team? Are there any of the people that would? Uh... Dr. Stein, David Rodriguez. I think David's the main fu- fu- uh, functioner, yeah, because yeah. right, he's had nursery experience. He has, and that that helps. Yeah, for sure. 
<laughs> we we used to have a have a bunch of research from Texas A and M on there. Jeez, the well, plant, yeah, we, the plant has to sell. Yeah, right. So yeah. if it can't sell, what good is it as a Texas superstar to anybody? Listen at you. He knows his stuff. like a damn nurseman, doesn't he? Don't, don't mess with him. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Firecracker fern. Firecracker fern. Oh, is that uh, a choice? Thing, well, I'm just trying to subliminally tell David. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> and that, that uh, Rorelia, dwarf Rorelia, has been a Texas superstar for a long period of time. So, uh, but David really added a... I hate to say much good about him, but uh, he's added a new dimension to that committee because the researchers, they don't know. You know, they don't know. And David's been around well, nurses just all his life. It's a different philosophy. Yeah. And they can't grow worth a damn, especially at College Station. Oh, some of them, yeah. Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we've, well, we've had good plants rejected because well, they couldn't Larry, grow them at college. Larry, Larry's uh, a pretty good researcher, and he can still grow. He grows stuff well. Yeah. But he's he, an extension. Oh, you're, you're saying extension versus oh, extension yeah. versus research. Yeah. Extension boards are usually out there doing a little I think something. we shouldn't send all these plants to UT. I bet you they can probably. Oh, have. no problem at all. <laughs> Yeah, we'll we'll let Doctor Stein carry him over to uh, yeah. carry him over, transport him. I see. Okay. <laughs> well, two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. We're going to take a break. While we do, you give us a call two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. and toll-free, it's 866-308-8867. All right, so let's see. Calvin, we can, that, do you want to talk about that? That one woman at the beginning of the show was talking to you for a while. It was kind of about two different trees and stuff. I don't know if you want to get into that or... Oh, well, yeah, the issue issue was uh, uh, palm palm tree, with pilot palm or... um, and the the symptom appeared to be, I think Jerry agreed with me, a classic, classic situation of uh, too much water. They were getting watered uh, um, once a week, and it was well-drained. That was the only thing that, sa- that uh, saved it, uh, but it was still showing a symptom of the, the foliage declining. And the the... Kind of the kiss of death was that there were sweet potatoes. Oh. And sweet potatoes were wilting if she didn't water them every couple of days. 
And, if, of course, if you water a palm... Uh, oh, yeah, you don't need the same... It's the watering. Well, and it, yeah, it'll, and palms are... You can't hardly kill a palm by not watering it, but... Uh, so she she uh, agreed to uh, try an experiment, and uh, the palm was the most important thing. So she was going to cut way back on watering, only water when it, it uh, uh, dried to three inches, and see what happened to the sweet taters. I don't, you know, I I think she would get an immediate kind of reaction and kind of a decline. They might hang on for quite a while, but she might have to. I suggested she keep her eyes open for uh, something else. I couldn't think of anything, Jerry, uh, uh, in terms of uh, compatible with with uh, palms. You know, no, in a to be it under like in a, a container. There, there, there obviously is some things, but yeah. I, I couldn't think of what they. At that point, I couldn't think of what they were. Well, I know you transplant them in the summer. Yeah, and and you not don't. in the winter. Well, do you remember when the botanical garden trans uh, transplanted all those? Huge and ones. They killed like half of them. It's hard for gardeners that have been taught like we are to water everything because <laughs> you, if you do that to uh, palm trees, Kill they, they don't live. That in Sunisa. Yeah. <laughs> Of two things that, well, I, I'd say most of the natives are very well, sensitive to. Now you could extend that list if you put if you plant things in uh, uh, pots or soils that don't drain well. Oh yeah, if things stay soggy, you know that that's that's pretty tough on any any plant. Except there's a few, you know, hibiscus, and uh, there's prob- probably a. Ten or twelve plants that you can list that can deal with uh, soggy uh, soil. Iris, uh, well, not all iris, uh, Louisiana iris. Some. So there's, you know, if you, you think about it, you review the available material. Go to Plant Answers, go to the website. You, you usually can find something that'll meet the uh, meet the needs of whatever dilemma you're in. Yeah, I'm excited. I <laughs> I got a question. Uh, on the internet on plantanswers.com and uh, from a, from somebody that says that their uh, coral vine got killed in the freeze. And uh, some I know so a lot of them have come back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, because the, the top's always free back, the vines, yeah. I guess you'd call it. But... Uh, Come uh, back from the root. A, a, a cold stare kind of kill, <laughs> kills them back a bit. So he he said, "Well, if it still hadn't, if it hadn't come back now, should I replace it?" And I was going to write him back. I said, "Good news, you can, re- you should replace it, and you should use a red one that <laughs> we've been trying to get on the market for years and years, but now." Millburger has the red one. Red, should we say red coral vine, Mill? No. Is that uh, <laughs> Yeah. Double, uh, I guess, I don't know. <laughs> we could call it Queen's Crown. Well, it's like pink blue bonnet. There you go. There you go. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, the, uh, they have, uh, a guy just walked through with one. Uh, from the old color spot nursery right, right outside of town here. 
but when they, I got them some cuttings of the red one, and uh, because it's it's a vine. I mean, that thing, as you well know, on your fence, <laughs> it's a vine. And my house now. <laughs> But they had a fellow out there in propagation yeah. that said he could grow it and sell it with for enough on a trellis, you know, on a little oh, trellis really? that they put in the pots, five-gallon pots. And but, with a, a machete tape to it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I thought they'd lost everything, lost all of it, uh, which often happens. But... Uh, They've got some. They've got some here, and quite a few of them here. Yeah. Now this it's is called isn't... Fandango, and it was uh, found and selected by uh, James Spivey, who used to work for Color Spot. Now this has got a uh, coral vine's got a lot of good characteristics. Oh uh, yeah. It's hard to beat as a pollinator source of nectar. It's beautiful. Oh yeah. Uh, and uh, of course the hummingbirds love it. Yeah, but and it uh, will uh, cover if you've got a kind of a secluded area or a old old shed that's fallen down and yeah. you want to cover it. Works really well for that. But it is, as we've mentioned, it's very aggressive and grows over the top of things. The saving grace is that it's uh, is sensitive to the cold. So yeah, the minute it gets below forty degrees, it quits <laughs> it's growing and then. I get down to not, it's going to come back. Yeah, thirty. You get down to thirty-five or so, and it's it's done for for the year. Yeah, but it'll it'll be back. And this red is so red, it's vibrant red. Uh, that it's one of those plants. Flare hibiscus is like this. It's one of those plants that has a flower that's almost impossible to take a good picture of. No, oh, wow. digital picture of. Because it, it's <laughs> it's like flare, you know, like the uh, when you light a flare. But uh, it, that color is uh, spectacular, and it's it was found in Fredericksburg, somebody's yard. But uh, it's never it's really rare to see it on the market. So if you're in the in the Coravine or Queen's Crown, and as far as we can tell, it's no, they're not much difference in terms of aggressiveness between the red no, and the no. pink. It's the same. In fact, the cuttings that I took out to uh, Color Spot, I got off the top of a garage. Hmm. Uh, kind of a lean to uh, overhang yeah. garage. And so... <laughs> Why does that surprise me? <laughs> <laughs> well, what surprises you is that I didn't fall through <laughs> on the garage. Well, I remember... Where, that, where, cho- that was a choice I had to make. I remember when we used to go... What, what was it, What was the restaurant that we used to go to on... Uh, oh, gosh. Uh, oh, was it... Out there toward Versus? Yeah. Okay. And we... Uh, well, no, uh, no. It, well, anyway, it was a restaurant we went to a lot, and on the way all the time, <laughs> there was there was the coral vine at, at a neighbor's oh, yeah. house, spectacular, and it kept getting bigger. You know, <laughs> yeah, oh, it's four yards long now. No. It's five yards. Oh, then the freeze would come, and then no. it's it'd a really it'd go back, <laughs> which is a good thing. 
That's look at that lady got that. Yeah, she. <laughs> That's a hard plant. You know they call that desert. They planted in uh, in uh, what do they call it? Where, yeah. where they put sand and hmm. cactus gardens and things like okay. that. Okay, because well, it can I've grow in a dryer. Yeah, Phoenix and Tucson. And oh yeah, big time. But uh, and we're working. I've got Greg working on a crimson one. Crimson, yes, it's crimson. <laughs> I'm maroon crimson. In case that lady in Kerrville is listening, I got to be careful. But anyway, uh, I, I'm glad they're available. I don't know how much longer they're going to have them. I don't know what their numbers are. But you better take advantage of that. Now, can you plant them now? Yes. Okay. Because like the petunias, their root system is establishing. Oh, good. So the top may freeze down, and you might get upset. Okay. You cut it to the ground. And but full, that root full sun? Yeah. Okay. That root will, root will be okay. Well, it, that, it's, it'll uh, requires full sun to prosper and bloom, but yeah. it'll find its way through <laughs> shade to full sun. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, next, you know, you have not noticed it. Next thing you know, it's gone 30 feet on a shady fence and then emerges. Uh, Kevin just been run by a run. It was a in Tennessee. Uh, how do you spell that? <laughs> oh, I think I think I about probably about have, cloud have cloud. about eight different uh, plants that have done kind of done that. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess I did plant that about fifteen years ago. And yeah, but when I was when I came when I first came over to Calvin's house and saw that. Cat, what is cat's claw? Is that yeah, what it's called? I jumped out of the truck, grabbed my camera. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I said, what in the hell is this? That's a really? beautiful thing. That's Calvin there would buy it. No, he didn't like it. I was going to have him introduce that to the market. Because yeah, he got way. plenty of cuttings. <laughs> I, would I would still be running away. Uh, Paul Cox was the one that gave me a little information. Yeah. He was... He was not at all, uh, didn't show the same enthusiasm, but he did not, he, w he was not judgmental. Oh. He was just saying. It was a plant. Yeah, and it was his, his voice was nice and even. It, it, it was a little bit like uh, uh, stapling the uh, rabbit's <laughs> feet together. And, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, he was going to cut, I don't remember what, he was going to cut the hamstring just a little to hobble it. <laughs> like, Paul. <laughs> but he, he, was, he was very deadpan. Just when he enough told. to but, but his, I got a little ink, inkling that maybe he wasn't telling the whole story when he said, uh, "It's a, it's a little invasive." Oh, and that said, blast! Yeah, and I went about two steps and I said, "How invasive?" <laughs> and then he got the Paul Cox look on his face, yeah. smile. Yeah, I think it's probably everywhere around uh, this neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> I got a, a question from uh, San Angelo. One oh, one okay. San Angelo. And he says, uh, he says, hi, Jerry. Oh, that's a good uh, way to start. <laughs> I'm having the Dickens locating carnival tomato seed. Oh, that's been a while. <laughs> really, Calvin? <laughs> a long while. This was my best producer last year here in San Angelo. Huh. 
Would you have any suggestions where I might order some seed? Thanks. And I said, if you look on plantanswers.com at uh, under uh, articles where it says guide to uh, recommended vegetable varieties under plantanswers.com, you will see a section labeled Plant Answers Guide to Recommended Vegetable Varieties. You will find Carnival Tomato available at, we put a number by the variety, number 13, listed as number 13, Seedman, S-E-E-D-M-A-N. Okay. And it gives the, it gives the link. And also from Tomato Growers Supply Company at uh, tomatogrowers.com. Now, I'm assuming, <laughs> you know what happens when you assume, though. Yeah, don't tell us. I'm assuming <laughs> that uh, they still have carnival, because like Calvin said, that's way back there. That's right after Big Set, which is right after... Uh, 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 the first hybrid. Well, uh, 210-308-8867. Tell us what's going on in your gardening world while we take a break at 210-308-8867. Toll free, it's 866-308-8867. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up on 930 AM, The Answer. Welcome back to Millburgers Garden, South Texas, on 930 AM. The answer, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867, and toll-free, it's 866-308-8867. This uh, fellow in Ron's night in San Angelo closed with a statement that our 10th annual fall symposium was another hit. Fell to rushing. Oh, John yeah. Thomas, along with Dr. Becky Grubbs, were all super presenters. So I write him back. I said, it's good to know that Felder Rushing, John Thomas, and Dr. Becky Grubbs can still carry a show. <laughs> with Felder Rushing and John Thomas in there, they should have posted guards around there now. <laughs> Because uh, he get, they can get kind of wild. Oh, okay. But uh, anyway, oh, there's some uh, more people buying the Pavonia with uh, the oh, they're hard. with the blue plumbago. Yeah, that looks that looks nice together. Yeah, it does. Uh, we got a question. I don't know if I did this last weekend or not. It said uh, from uh, uh, Fredericksburg. Do you sell Mexican firebush plant? I think so, Milton. Yeah. Will they do well in Fredericksburg? Oh, and I don't know the answer to that. I imagine they will if they're a Texas superstar. Well. What? (laughs) Okay. 
Uh, I thought Texas superstars had to have a history of doing well. They're supposed Texas. to, and but we've kind of run out of those. Okay. The, we've run out of the Firebush type. Okay. I always wanted a sexy superstar to bloom all summer long. Okay. And freeze back in the winter. And come back. Come and, back from the ground. And what does that do? That causes the people to cut them back to the ground, which most people won't do with perennials, like salvias oh. and stuff like that. But these plants make you cut them back to the ground. It said, uh, I can only find the compact one at H-E-B. And I want the one that grows like a tree. Thanks. Well, you're a very smart person, Bonnie. <laughs> because the compact one. And we sell it here, too. And it stays small. Doesn't bloom much. And uh, so... Yeah. I, I like the big one, too, which they have in good spot stock right now. Yeah, and I'm guessing when I've seen them, and how tall does the the compact one get? There it is right there. Man. That's the compact one? Yeah, look at oh. look at all those blooms on that. Well, not only is the plant a small plant, the blooms are small. Oh. Well, maybe a little. I don't know. There's some that have them. What about the ones in the front? Are those compact also? They're all compact. Okay, well... Those are okay. No, Milton. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> you've got to, you've got to observe and report what you see, and only like the same stuff he does. Yeah, Milton. pretty much. No. <laughs> Where are the seniors? Uh, Kevin, you, have you got now. any of those plants at home? Not those little ones. Yeah. No. The, oh, look well, you need to get those. Look, you can have smaller blooms, I, smaller plants. I don't care for them. Uh, oh, really? I like the uh, full the size. Ones. Uh, uh, the fire poor little ones. Fire Is that push. what I just got through saying? Yes. No, but yeah. Uh. But, <laughs> but Milton needs to make a decision based on what he wants to accomplish. No, he never has done that. Uh, no. That's true. He doesn't know what he wants. Yeah, I just buy one and put it in and <laughs> see what happens. Hey, we got Raul on the line at 210-308-8867. Raul, welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. What's going on with your St. Augustine? Yes, yeah, good afternoon. Hello, gentlemen. Hey, uh, hey. So let me put you on. Uh, I'm getting off of my Bluetooth, so let me uh, see if this sounds better. Okay. Okay. No, you sound kind of quiet now. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, that's that's much oh yeah. That's okay. Great. Great. Yes, sir. Um, my question is, uh, when the when uh, when the St. Augustine grass with the heat and the the dry weather, when it gets really wilted uh, on the weekends, is it a bad idea to mow that, or is it better not to mow it? The St. Augustine gets what? Wilted on the weekends. Oh. I don't. Uh, does it does it perk up the next uh, day? No. Hello. Well, well that's what I'm asking. Uh, is it? Uh, no, if it's wilted and then um, it's just shorter. Like like if if you mow it, is that bad to mow grass when it's wilting? Well, 
It kind of is. <laughs> okay. uh, but okay. it uh, it doesn't kill it or hurt it, but uh, you're taking a lot of uh, wilted leaf blades off. Uh, so okay. if, you, if your grass wilts, wilts and uh, it's probably indicating that it might need some watering in certain spots, which you can do with a handheld hose. Okay, I just heard others say that uh, it's better to cut it so that it it uh, it doesn't have to doesn't have to work as hard because it's shorter. But I want to ask you. That's true. Uh, where are you on a rocky soil? Where do you live? Uh, no, South Side, South San Antonio. Okay, well, you got deep soil over there, don't you? Yes, sir. Okay. And it's, it's regular St. Augustine. It's growing in the sun, right? Right. How right. how old is the St. Augustine grass? Uh, I'd say um, about ten years old. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how often? How, you water it one once a week. Uh, how deep do you do you? How long do you water it? For about an hour. Let's try and uh, well, water it deep. Might uh, yeah. Might might want to just do it with your good soil over there. You might just want to water it a little longer. Maybe maybe with one of those soaker hoses, yeah, uh, yeah. sprinkler hoses. I think they call. Because you're 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 close. An hour is not not too bad. Yeah, uh, but it d- depends on the kind of sprinkling system you have too. But yeah, with you've got the soil, you've got the right right grass, and just. Maybe a little more time on the watering, and you should be. A lot of a lot of folks that, like Jerry was talking about, that have rock and really thin soil, they don't have a lot of options. No. Yeah. Uh, but you you do. You can just extend. You know, you, you can f- comply with the once a week watering rules or recommendations, and uh, still uh, get enough water in into the uh, till that lawn to have it do well. Okay, so on the weekend, yeah. it would be okay to, to cut it? I'm sorry? Yeah. Just, yeah, would it be okay to cut it? Yeah, just mow it. But uh, if you okay. want to do it 100% the right way, and it's your water day, <laughs> I would water those areas that have wilted, and like Calvin says, do it for a longer period of time, slowly, so that uh, the water soaks in. And this this is is this in a heavily trafficked area, or is it in the sun, or is it in the shade? Uh, it's both sun, and uh, no, there's no traffic there. It's in the backyard, no traffic. But we noticed that. Uh, when there was, did y'all hear there was something driving by? I didn't hear. Is it full sun or no sun? A full sun. A full sun. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That that may. That may be why you have to do just a little more in an hour. It depends on your system, to your sprinkler yeah. system. Slow soaking. Yeah. Okay. Just experiment a little bit. Shouldn't take too much more. Okay. Good luck. Well, that's good information. All right. Thanks, sir. 
All right, well, that'll free up a line. You. you too. 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. So after the, just the little range that we got, I don't know how much we got, though. Did we get a lot on Well, six-tenths. Well, six-tenths of an inch? Or? Well, depending on where you got. Uh, yeah. I, I saw... Uh, I thought I saw a report where some places got 2.23. Oh, my goodness, really? I wonder what it was near the airport and stuff. Uh, yeah, it must have been. But the, um, the St. Augustine... The point 0.2, this last rain was yeah. point 0.2. The St. Augustine perked up, and now was I didn't have to mow it before, and now i got to mow it. It's growing. Uh-oh. Yeah. I'm sorry, man. I know. But it's a good problem to have. <laughs> But it also, it, uh, again, is another example that uh, Jerry and I talk about all the time. Uh, containers, uh, some containers didn't get any water if, uh, yeah. because of the foliage. Cover. Yeah. Just uh, sends the water to the, down the side of the containers. And even if you uh, did some of your uh, winter garden plants, your broccoli and cauliflower and such, where they got the big, big leaves... Limited root system, they'll be they'll be uh, wilting a bit, just like we had a few of our gardeners describing today. Hmm. Yeah, I saw I see a lady over there that's got uh, ornamental kale. All right, and uh, now mm-hmm. she's buying some regular cabbage, I think. And uh, the, the broccoli is over there to her right. Now remember, the, these are nice sized broccoli transplants. And remember, and that's green magic. And remember that from the time you plant that broccoli into the ground, into your garden, uh, it's going to be 60 days before you harvest a October, okay. November. Is that Thanksgiving? Is that Thanksgiving? Uh, it's getting close. You're cutting it short. So, yeah, a little bit short of Thanksgiving. Okay. But definitely for Christmas. Oh. Well, no, not that far. But. It's under, yeah. <laughs> well, 60 days from today would be December 2nd, right? Approximately. Yeah. Well, but the deal is, yeah, if yeah. you harvest it, harvest the big head that comes first, You'll get all those little heads that Calvin's oh, wife yeah. likes. Yeah. That Calvin gets to go out and harvest for hours at a time. No. And that's a that's one of the reasons we chose uh, that particular uh, broccoli variety is because it has big shot, side shoots. Not as big as the main head, but definitely a larger side shoot. Is there a Texas Superstar broccoli? Uh, yeah, green, is it really? Green Magic. Green Magic. Oh, it's a Texas superstar. Yeah. Too. Okay. <laughs> that was before I left. Oh, okay. You were just making sure to. <laughs> but anyway. And what was the other plant that you're working on besides the uh, scarlet bush petunia? For like, they were going to come out at the same time. They were both about six weeks away. Oh, maybe it was the blue bonnet. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The blue bonnet should be coming. Okay. And uh, Neil Spear has already declared that uh, is he? it's getting late to plant blue bonnet. Oh, I but thought October was the. I thought I thought I saw a John Thomas presentation where October was the month to. Well, to plant seed. Go out and oh, oh, do the feed the chickens with the seed. Yeah, well, that's definitely a certain seed. 
But blue bonnets take uh, six six to eight weeks to germinate. Oh, so that's almost uh, that's they, two months. Yeah, and they need to be germinating and establishing a root system during the winter. That's okay. why if oh. we don't get good uh, fall rains, you're not going to have any blue bonnets. Yeah, we've had that situation before. Few. And so uh, that's why it's important. So if you're planting seed, uh, Look, you, is that a puppy or just a little dog? Yeah, it's a puppy. Cute little thing. If you're planting seed, uh, you need to go ahead and get them in. Okay. But if you're planting transplants, which we will have here soon, <laughs> and uh, and we'll we'll also have the red. A red maroon. Mm-hmm. The like, blue. Like that lady told me uh, up in Kerrville, I said, that's not really maroon. That's scarlet. No, it's no. Crimson. 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 She was an Alabama fan. Yeah, I figured that out after Did you? <laughs> hey, we got to begin to take a break real quick. So, listen, we're back tomorrow. So, get those questions rounded up. Uh, those thoughts. What do you need to have us help you with in the garden? And then call us tomorrow. We'll be happy to help you. Or come on out and be a part of the uh, experience. Be sure to come out here and get your pumpkins like so many other people at Millburgers. See you tomorrow on 930 AM, The Answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.